again jason dorsett how goes it man all is well i'm happy to be here good to see you yeah. good to see you as well uh speaking with your mentee dang last couple nights ago like 3 a.m he said i should start off shows by asking what makes your heart sing oh oh dang uh oof. what makes my heart sing um you know a lot of things make my heart sing but i think what resonates with me right now um is having students back on campus uh they're the certainly the heartbeat uh, to to Oregon State University, and so I'm really happy to have students back on campus. Um, my heart is also singing because I am wrapping up my coursework for my uh, PhD program. Yeah, what's and that so, look like? Yeah, so um, I'm in our language language educational policy and equity program here at Oregon State University, and um, my research looks at. Um, sort of co-curricular um, activities such as uh, student clubs and organizations. Um, and I'm interested to see if those um, extracurricular opportunities uh, impact male students of color graduation and retention. What are you finding? So far, I'm finding that it is. For the better? Uh, I mean, you just said affecting. Yeah. Yes. In fact, positively impacting. Let me say that. Uh, Yeah. So far, so good. Um, It's looking as if they are um, sort of like the uh, affinity base, racial or ethnic base uh, student clubs and programs that are helping students. What's affinity base? Uh, Affinity base. So an affinity group or an affinity, if you will, is in essence, it's a group of individuals who share similar cultural norms or views or um, perspectives. Yeah. Um, so uh, an affinity example, an affinity group, an example of an affinity group may be uh, uh, students or folk who may identify as LGBTQ. Cool. Or an affinity group may be um, uh, folk who may be a part of a certain political party. Right, this political thing, party, know, religion, race, religion, any race. Yeah. Something I'm curious. Do you think it's good? Um, I've been getting really into teamology, the whole thing that I believe is separating us. So mm. it, in, in my perspective, and correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like getting people together almost creates echo chambers where it does become like us against them. Like I, as a non-LGBTQ member, or as a white guy, could I join the groups or am mm. I excluded, you know? You know, and so for me, when I hear that, I think of allyship um, and I think um, in terms of, of folks' desire to um, be in community with with others who share similar values and views and perspectives, um, I think there is a strength in that. I think there's um, unity in that. Um, and I also think that there needs to be a level of respect for whatever the cause may be, whatever the affinity may be, um, even if it is an affinity group that you may not be a part of or necessarily agree agree with. I think the beauty in having an affinity space or an affinity, or, or, or an affinity group is uh, having individuals who share um, a common uh, uh, perspectives or views on a certain issue. Yeah. Um, certainly there are affinity groups that I certainly uh, would not uh, uh, want to um, affiliate myself with. 
but even even the terminology you're using there groups where you agree with ideals like say you 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 join a group does that mean you automatically have to agree with all their ideals or if you're in a group and you say i think you're right with a lot of this stuff and then you're pushing this agenda like and then you're kicked out of the group like this mm -hmm. this whole idea of group mentality is kind of mm -hmm. a, a interesting thing isn't it that is very uh, very interesting and i think even amongst the group you know um folk uh, can agree to disagree all the time um, but for me, when I think about affinity groups that I'm a part of, like for instance, I'm a part of a fraternity, uh, Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, um, which is the first uh, fraternity founded uh, for African-American men back in December. We were founded on December the 4th, 1906, a long time ago, yeah. uh, on the campus of Cornell University in Ithaca, New York. And so when I think about our legacy, our history, and even my uh, fellow brothers that are part of the organization, I don't agree with all of them. I don't love all of them. Um, and so there are often times when we have meetings or events um, in which I may not necessarily totally agree with everything that sort of makes up our agenda, but what keeps me coming back to my fraternity is the camaraderie, is the trust, is the good things, the good values, the, the great ideals that I that I do um, uh, adopt uh, in my everyday life. And so you kind of got to take the good with the bad. Yeah. What do you think are the best parts of a fraternity <clears throat> oh, as wow. someone who's never been in one? Oh, nice. Thank you for asking. Uh, the Brotherhood. Uh, the Brotherhood is unparalleled to anything I've ever experienced. Um, I have one older brother, um, a biological brother, which I love. Um, but it's something about being in community with um, like-minded individuals uh, that uh, will support you, that will have your back uh, during the good times and the bad times. Um, I also... Uh, appreciate being a part of uh, a global network. And so mm. when I moved to Oregon back in 2014, um, I was afraid, first of all, because I've never lived in the Pacific Northwest. Um, but I was excited um, first for the opportunity to come to a place like Oregon State University and, and, and work with students and, and, uh, and other colleagues across the campus. But what really excited me was realizing that I'm going to meet and get connected uh, and establish stronger relationships with alpha men, so members of my fraternity who I may not know. Um, but because of the ideals that our organization um, lifts up yeah. and the standard that we have around um, social change, excellence. Um, and it's kind of funny that it's called alpha. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, that kind of, that kind of, I don't know, you know, like the alpha male has like a, a different connotation to it. So it's, it's, it's kind of funny that the whole fraternity is called the, the first order of its alpha, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When you say connotation, what, what, what does alpha mean to you? I think if someone says the word alpha, mm -hmm. everyone in the room automatically has in their mind already made up the entire conversation. Mm -hmm. They already have their articles and what their team take on it is mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. whatever that whole word means i think it means different things to the different teams too right so i think everyone's just arguing past each other on terminology like that you know mm -hmm. well what we do know about alpha in terms of you know alpha as 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 the greek uh, uh, uh terminology and symbol it means first mm -hmm. right uh and we are the first and so yeah. uh my fraternity alpha Phi alpha fraternity incorporated 
we were the first fraternity um, designed for, excuse me, designed for uh, uh, African-American men. Um, and yeah, I certainly, when you say alpha male, there does come some uh, uh, conversation starters. Uh, <laughs> and so in terms of masculinity, if we catch alpha male, in the context of, of, of gender and, and, and masculinity specifically, uh, sometimes there could be a, a hyper-masculine connotation with it. Um, and we acknowledge that. And instead of sort of um, conforming to that sort of hyper-masculine uh, alpha male uh, notion, um, we are an organization, I'm a part of an organization that acknowledges our um, uh, sort of power, if you will, um, as 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 being um, uh, males, uh, but we like to perform and demonstrate positive and healthy forms of, of masculinity, and that's what my fraternity does. I like it. So you you've done a lot of work on masculinity. You just wrote your book. You want to? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I worked uh, with colleagues from a, literally around the nation uh, for about a year and a half uh, on our new piece. It's called Men and Masculinity. Uh, theoretical foundations and promising practices for supporting college men's development. Uh, That's a long title. What, what would the pitch for it be? Long title. Who, who would it be perfect for reading? So you know what this is what you call a stylist. And so we wrote this um, this 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 book for the everyday person to be able to pick it up. Our target target audience um, are cisgender, which are male uh, uh, cisgender men. Um, that are um, on college campuses and for um, uh, administrators or faculty or staff or really anyone who wants to create and to begin to sort of think about or start a uh, male group. Right. Uh, Just like good practices and models. Yep. Practices and models like the 101 to how to create um, an initiative or a program designed specifically um, to uh, work with college male students um, and the ways in which they interpret or make meaning of of their masculinity and their gender. So what do you think is the most important thing today with masculinity? Because I mean, this is all over the place and people have very strong opinions on. I mean, the, the Gillette ad just sparked people. You know? Oh yeah. It's like, why can't people have opinions on a, a, just a very big part of human nature, you know? You know, I think um, so. There is a social scientist by the name of Bobby Harrow who um, really provides some a solid, I think, a solid uh, uh, theoretical framework um, around the ways in which people um, sort of make meaning of who they are and how they are supposed to be and how they're supposed to act and conduct themselves. And so, he created this thing called the cycle of socialization. And in essence, it kind of walks us through as early as birth to, you know, seasoned adulthood, um, how society and how institutions and how our parents and caregivers and media um, has sort of um, bombarded us with these notions of basically how we're supposed to perform as, as humans. Absolutely. It's funny. People actually, some listeners hate me for it because I'm starting to say everything in our life is a social construct. Every, almost everything. Almost everything. Yeah. And, and I go yeah. as far to just to make a, almost like a shock value. I say like even sleep's a social construct in terms of some people over in, um, uh, Eastern Asia kind of sleep in like boxes sitting up. Like maybe the, the way that society constructed how we sleep is a social construct, but seriously everything. When did you come to that realization? Ooh, I came to that realization, I want to say, um, probably about 15 years ago. 
Uh, 15 years ago, um, I was at a period in my life where, first of all, I've always been curious. I've always been curious as to why do I have to walk like this or why can't I wear that or why do I have to sort of conform to the quote unquote standard way of being, of kind of engaging with others. And so about 15 years ago, um, I started to really um, uh, uh, embrace my curiosity um, and ask questions um, and really challenge the norms uh, as much as possible. Um, and the thing about challenging the quote unquote norms is it's very risky. Absolutely. And there are risks involved mm -hmm. uh, when one challenges the norms. And so uh, I am still growing in my abilities to challenge the norms um, because I am human. I have feelings. And so um, while I do care how I am perceived by others, um, I'm starting to um, not really care as, as, as much. Nice. Let me give you an example. Yeah. So... Um, I am an employee of Oregon State University, right? And so as an employee of Oregon State University, and I'm a, a mid-level administrator, so I'm, I'm pretty, you know, kind of um, uh, uh, active or visible, if you will, in terms of leadership on campus. And because leadership in any sort of capacity um, it's traditionally, when you, you think of a leader, you think of a leader in the context of like a higher education institution, um, there's this under, understood, unspoken rule that uh, you have to wear suits a lot. You have yeah. to dress up a lot. You know, you have to kind of look like a quote unquote boss. And so I began to sort of problem up, problematize that sort of notion and that narrative. And I said, hey, why do I feel the need to dress up in a full-fledged suit all of the time? And it's because society has created a certain image for people uh, that basically says if you are anyone of quote-unquote importance, you have to look a certain way. And that certain way in terms of how we're supposed to act and conduct ourselves um, it's is really it's uncomfortable, <laughs> yeah. but it's really steeped in um, power, privilege, and ultimately, you know, whiteness. I want to get back into this. Um, sure I have a quick, do. quick workaround that I've been thinking of the same thing. I wear um, harem pants, which are like low skirts. My grandma came; she actually asked my mom, "Like, is he wearing a dress?" Like, because oh. it's comfortable. Here's the thing: I think people want to break nice. this so bad that like they'll be like, "I'm going to break the norm," and like a guy will do something more like like. Um, wearing lipstick to just show it's like you don't have to follow these norms right. but that only speaks to people who are already almost there whereas like I'm, I'm trying to break that norm by being like we all want to be comfortable mm -hmm. and that will speak to like maybe people who are most entrenched and in need of hearing like hey everything's a social norm just be yourself you know be yourself um, but one thing I'm kind of curious about is and this is going to sound incredibly ignorant I'm just saying this to meet you where I'm at in life and then I uh, will go ahead tell you so I think there's a huge group of people in the LGBTQ community, you know, mm. and a lot of them, like I've, I've met wonderful, incredible people who seem incredibly genuine that they just happen to love a person of the same gender mm -hmm. or, or they're, they're fluid and stuff like this. But then I see this large group of people that it almost seems like they're faking it just to be a part of the group. And it almost just seems mm. like, 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 over, like almost like a fake thing. And it's like, 
I haven't quite figured out my thought on it, but like, hmm, you know, I may have spoken too soon. I mean, I mean, no. So no, I I I, I think you're onto something. Uh, speak to me a little bit more when you say they're faking it. Like like people like if you like someone of the same gender, couldn't mm-hmm. you just start dating people of the same gender? Like I understand that some people have to push that boundary by being like. Look at me, I'm doing this, I'm, I've done things worthy of respect, and now I'm doing this. Like, Tyler Creator's doing it, I think that's incredible. Like, like in Frank Ocean, all those people. Mm-hmm. But then some people who it's like, they define their entire character as like a, I am gay. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, if I met a straight person, their entire gender was like, I am straight. And it's like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't really like you. Any. Like, I don't think j- your sexuality should be a key characteristic of your personality. So I'm curious... Mm. Is, is that, gotcha. uh, it, that, you know? That, I see exactly where you're going. Um, and it's not up to us to decide if a person is sort of being a little overt or if they are faking or if they're just doing the most, right? They're just so extra about it. Which okay. is totally cool. People Which is totally can, cool. Yeah. Um, and when we think about folk who are a part of underrepresented communities, folk who are marginalized, we have to also recognize and acknowledge um, the fact that people who are oppressed, people who are marginalized, also more than likely have also had to become silenced. Mm. You know? Absolutely. And so whenever they uh, are able to um, find the courage and the bravery to say, hey, I'm queer or hey, I'm black and I'm proud or hey, um, you know, X, Y, and Z, they're happy, they're excited. And so sometimes in an effort to really showcase their pride, um, they like to really highlight um, that particular uh, marginalized identity because for so long they've had to kind of keep it boxed in or bottled away. That's a really good way of putting it. Mm-hmm. And so um, when you think about, um, since we're talking about LGBTQ folk, um, maybe you're aware of this, uh, but uh, the LGBT community all across the globe um, hosts at different points of, of, of the year um, um, pride months or pride celebrations, right? Right, um, And it's called pride because it's, it's pride, right? Yeah. They're excited. And so in the context of P, of your question, um, sometimes it, it may appear that people are kind of doing the most or are kind of going a little bit over the top with things. It's because for so long, they haven't been able to become or be their authentic selves. Yeah, I agree um, to an extent. I think like anything, I think the extremes of both of this are bad because here's, here's a little thought experiment I've been working on. Good is bad, bad is good, you know? Hmm. So I think the further that people push one way, the people on the other side of the spectrum have to double down to meet them further, you know? Like then people are making straight pride, pride parades. Like the further that, but I understand also the duality of that where they have to do something or else nothing's gonna change, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm just kind of curious, like what is, oh, man, I, I, how do you think the world's gonna shake out in five or 10 years? Do you think that people won't even post like coming out things? Do you think it'll just be like, everyone's on the spectrum of sexuality, mm-hmm. everyone, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. why is it even a thing that people will say? But like, obviously we need to get to that point first. Right, right. I, 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 think, I think we have a lot of work to do. Um, I think that uh, as, as, um, as the world evolves, like it continues to evolve and the nation evolves, 
um, we're going to start to see more people um, walking um, and living as their authentic selves. Yeah. Um, even when I think about um, what was happening, when I think about my um, experiences as a college student, uh, undergrad uh, in the early 2000s, and I think about um, current college undergraduate college students experiences now I'm like oh my word like when I was a college student in 2000 started my college career we didn't have Facebook right um, cell phones were sort of just made available and now some what 18 almost 20 years later technology has advanced so much um, and we have access to so many different things. The world has evolved so much. And so I think um, as the world continues to evolve, we're going to start to see more of some things and less of other things. Um, and like you said earlier, in terms of sexuality, um, perhaps, you know, sexuality one day will be on the spectrum, you know, and, and, and folk, it'll just be kind of, it will become the norm. Yeah. Yeah. Just for people to be like, it doesn't matter. Like, it I'm doesn't not gonna, matter. I think what it really comes down to when I mean, people are like being extra and stuff. Ah, I think, I mean, like, how do you define yourself? What are your, what are your defining character? I, Cause mm -hmm. I guess when I'm like, Hey, um, I ask people about themselves. Some people define themselves like I'm like, I'm a, like, I would be like, I'm a white cisgender male. I'm not, you know, I, I haven't picked my religion yet. And like all these different things where it's like, I'm just a human being, you know, the whole idea of like, I am mm -hmm. is a good enough phrase to battle off though. Who are you? Who do you think you are? What gives you the right? Just like I am. Mm -hmm. I don't even need to define myself in anything. Like I just am. Okay. Like, right. cause, cause that's empowering to just that be like, is. my existence is validated in and of itself. In and of itself. And that's where we are. That's where I would like for us to get to. Um, and that's in my, in my humble opinion, that's where we should all be striving to get to. I am. Yeah. And we should not have to uh, explain or feel the need to sort of disclose all of these different social identities. Like I am, mm -hmm. period. Yeah, you know. Um, but unfortunately, um, because power and privilege exist, um, because there is a such thing as white supremacy, there is a such thing as um, centering whiteness. Um, folk feel the need to say, "Hey, these are my identities. Mm -hmm. These are my gender pronouns." You know? A weird thing about that is like, I'm not allowed to do that because there's a super small sect of white supremacists. I can't be like, hey, I'm proud to be a white male. Like that is very looked down upon in society very today. And that's an interesting thing to be yeah. like, maybe that's why I'm so against defining is because I'm not allowed to be proud of my definitions. Mm. So because of that, I think I go the other way and say, all right, I, I don't even want, you know. Mm. You just but, said something really good because you're not allowed. <clears throat> That's how white supremacy works and whiteness works. Um, it's this whole notion of everyone else could do this, but I can't do it. Ah. And um, because, as you said, you identify as a cisgender white male. I don't know what cis means. I don't, I don't know if I identify. I just heard that so many okay. times told about me. I don't know what that means. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, we'll I'll yeah, circle back we'll to that. Um, but because of your privilege, your inherited privilege. So again, not anything that you sort of advantage. Someone, someone yeah. once said, or recently, it's like instead of white privilege, it's the white advantage. And I think that's slightly better terminology. Why is that like, better? 
Um, there was a picture that Bill Gates posted recently. It was like someone born, um, a female of some religion born in uh, a disimpoverished part of the world. And mm-hmm. it was like they have all these mountains to climb over. And like it's like a geog- ge- geographical location, gender, all these different things. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like someone like Bill Gates was born, he didn't have to f- climb over the geographic location. Or the, you know, it's like you have an advantage. Like you're a, like you just have an advantage in whatever race society is or human mm-hmm. beings are playing. Yeah, so uh, that's equity. That the, you're, you're, so that's 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 more so like a, a equitable um, lens or scenario, um, and I could uh, use advantage. Um, but you I like can say to, pro- I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I like to, to say. I don't know. You find I like to say um, white privilege because but what does privilege mean? I don't know. You know, privileged. I'm privileged. We're all privileged. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, not we all. I mean, um, you're, you're privileged too. I, yeah, I we're am. all privileged. We, well, not we all. We're 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 in the top one percent, and we're in the top point oh one percent of humans that have ever lived. Like, like, if you, make like 30, you and I. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you and you, I. If yeah. If you make thirty grand a year, you're in the top one percent of all people on the planet. That's privileged. Oh my word. Yeah. Where did you that, find that at? It's a very known statistic. It might be thirty-five grand. Oh and I don't even word. make thirty-five grand. You know. Oh so, yeah. So if you oh. really put things in perspective, like. We're pretty privileged to be here in America. We don't have to worry about clean water. We don't have to worry about food. We don't have to worry about shelter. We're all pretty privileged. Most of us don't have to worry about Danger. water. And most of us don't have to worry about, yes. you know, roof over our head. Yes. But there are still some that Entirely. do worry about it. But if you have a smartphone, you're listening to a podcast. Like, mm-hmm. you're, you're pretty, you're, you're But how about those who don't have a smartphone? Who is I? Yeah. Well, how are they going to listen to it? Right. Well, I mean, I mean, for for the sake of our conversation, I'm speaking about not folk who just listen to your podcast, but privilege in the context of we have to acknowledge that there are some people who do not have access. Yes. The level of access that we have. They don't have smartphones. They don't have computers. They don't have microphones and the whole setup. Um, So when I speak of privilege, I'm speaking of it from the standpoint of there are and we have to acknowledge this there are a group of folk who have the haves yeah and the have-nots for a host of different reasons you say that but some of the wealthiest white people like people my age that i know that were just born to wealthy family they're not happy and they're not necessarily successful so are they really privileged they are they are they are they have what you call inherited privilege for instance um and this and there's a lot of research to support this and actual facts uh, you know, I'm an administrator. Okay, yeah. I work on campus. I have all these degrees. Um, you're an awesome person. If I was to dress like you were today, mm-hmm. and let's say attempted to go and do something, right? Um, it would be frowned upon. Yeah. Okay. But what if I was an administrator? Would it mm-hmm. still be frowned upon? It would. It would. It might be frowned upon. Uh, but there will be a level of grace that you will be awarded versus I may be dismissed. Do you think I'm more privileged than you? Oh, yes. Just because of my race? Because of your race. That's so interesting. Yeah. Because, because I mean, the way I'm looking at it, I think we're like, as someone who is white and come from a, a, a decent middle class family, like, I just got mm-hmm. a college degree. No jobs are hiring. I had to do this because I'm like, what am I going to do? Like, we're all kind of struggling here, you know, mm-hmm. especially younger people. People in their 20s mm. are having it rough. I mean, my parents came to town in the 80s or whenever, and they bought a house on the lake for 80 grand. You can't buy a house for 80 grand anymore. Who has a half million dollars to buy a house in their 20s, you know? Some people don't even have 80 grand to buy a house, period. I know. 
That's well, a privilege. Well, eighty grand, but then you had to put like a two thousand dollar down payment. So you don't have two thousand dollars to even pay no, the rent. My, but, oh, but I'm saying, people our age now, we need thirty grand for a down payment. Like everyone in their twenties is extremely disadvantaged. I would say, compared really? to where people were twenty years ago. Possibly, in a lot of ways. Because of the advancements in technology and the evolution of the world. No, I'd say because of crony capitalism, of of people who are Mm. in power. Make like like I was talking to my my grandma the other day, and she was totally like like okay, this happened. She was like, "Oh, um, mom, you'll or like to my mom, you'll have the car soon." I'm like, "Or you give it to me." She's like, "No, you'll find your own way." I'm like, "What people? Anyone who is like good, well off in life, got it through either help." Or mm. probably illegal means, like not that many. Pe- I mean, totally. There are obviously great examples of people who just work their ass off. Mm. But the majority of people who make it, like how you're not going to sell your time to c- create an opportunity where you can retire in your 30s or do whatever you want. You know, like it's this weird system where it's mm. pretty much not even any like relating to your race, but like we're all not in- entirely indentured servitude. But if my rent plus food plus insurance plus cell phone bill is like 1500 and I'm only making two grand a month working. So I'm just paying enough to keep going to work, you know? Mm. That's rough. Mm, let me ask you this, because um, you speak of capitalism. How would you define capitalism? Or, 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 I'm, I'm pro-capitalism, I'm, pro, I'm anti-crony capitalism. Okay. Where people can buy out politicians. Okay. Mm. So when you think of wealth mm. and wealthy folk, what do you, what do you think about like like well, give me some images let me hear your connotation first what do you what do you think rich and what do you think wealthy are because okay. i've heard it pulled both different ways yeah. i want to make sure we're on the same page. yeah wealth um just in general generally speaking or in the context of race or anything like that how do you want me to generally if okay. you think of a rich person generally wealthy wealth person. is um having access to um or having access or the ability to um Live your life in a way that um, is guaranteed to be comfortable. When I say guaranteed to be comfortable, I'm not saying, oh, a million dollars. But you can do what you want with your time. Yeah. You have free time. Yeah, you have free time. You you have access. What do you think rich is? Rich is a fine, rich to me is a much more of a quantitative type of. You have high income, but you have high output too. You know, you're kind of, you know. um, Okay, cool. So I think a wealthy person is a person who gets to do what they want with their time. Mm-hmm. And they get their, people become wealthy either through someone helping them, a parent dies and gives them a big inheritance or some uh, investor, someone you know sees what they're working on and helps them a lot or um, through some sort of illegal means, they find like a little niche market and happen to find a bunch of stuff. But like people don't become wealthy through selling out their time. Naval Ravikant says the quick, the, the most assured way to die poor to always be working toward rich is to be selling your time for money. Cause, mm. oh, now you get a hundred dollars an hour, but now you bought a house that you have to keep working. You never mm. just have like these, this wealth creation, you know? Mm-hmm. What do you mm-hmm. think wealthy, or did it, you know? Yeah, I, um, <clears throat> and it's, and it's very hard, you know, as a, as a sort of critical race, um, scholar, it's hard for me to, um, not see things from a racial lens. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, when I think of wealth, I think of inheritance ah. um, and not a financial inher- inheritance per se, but I think about inheritance and access. Mm-hmm. So let's, let me just take you back a little bit. Absolutely. So about 400 years ago, Whoa. 
That's a lot back. Okay, yeah, it is a lot back. Um, when Europeans came to the free world, quote unquote, North America, or the yeah, North America as, as a, a continent, and this whole notion of Christopher Columbus um, finding a new world, uh, that is so false. And how can you find something new when there were already human beings on a place? Well, it's just whoever was writing the history books. It's new to them. Exactly. And yeah. who was writing the history books? Yeah, the, the people who exterminated the other people. Which were who? Uh, Native or first, first Americans. What's it called? Indigenous folk. Indigenous folk. I don't know that the term. Yeah, what yeah, no, 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 I don't yeah. know it's switching to. Yeah. No, that, and that's and that's fine. Indigenous yeah. people of this land, yeah. but they were here, you know. Yep. Um, and then when the European settlers arrived to North America, uh, they started to um, murder and kill off the folk who were here on these lands mm-hmm. first. Yes. Those were white Europeans. Where are you going with this? This is so uh, far back. Yeah. Okay. 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 okay I'm yeah. going because I'm, I'm I'm painting a picture for you so you can understand how power and privilege works yes. and how um, whiteness is is centered and how whiteness is um, the standard to beauty, to access, to resources, to the ways of of, of being. Yeah. And we have to acknowledge acknowledge that Mm -hmm. without saying well everyone has privilege well everyone doesn't have privilege some of us have privilege regardless of your ethnic or racial background but privilege as a concept Mm -hmm. okay and who has the most privilege off the cuff out the gate is white folk okay yeah i can agree well i'd say wealthy people of, of whoever had wealthy parents pretty much Okay. Like Naval Ravikant's kids or uh, even Obama's kids. Everyone, if, if you got a lot, your kids are probably going to be more privileged than people regardless of race. Mm, yeah. And what's the percentages of folk totally. of color who have? Entirely. Know? I'm there. But, but like just between me and you, like I don't know your, your family background, but if your family did have a lot of money and you had more money than me, would I still be more privileged than you just because of the color of my skin? I think you would. I think um, you would have access to things. And then when folk find out, of course, oh, well, this is so-and-so, X, Y, and Z, you know, their parents have money or mm. their parents have some type of, of fortune someplace. And then, of course, I may get a different type of, I may have a different experience yeah. um, than you. But just if no one knew who I was and they saw you, they saw me, yeah. Okay, I can see it. I'm curious what your thought is on this, these, these thought loops. Because if you go into an interview thinking this person is going to racially profile me and not hiring me because of the color of my skin, um, have you have you heard about these like are these kind of things? I don't know. I don't know. A lot of people kind of say it. Mm-hmm. But like so, say I go in and you're the the hire, and I think, oh, he's not going to hire me because I have this zit on my face. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as you make a look that's not happy, it's even in the middle ground, like they're just, you know, restful. I'm like, oh, they don't like me because of my face. And then I, my actions start acting as if you're not going to hire me. I don't take it as seriously, all these things. And then you don't hire me. And I can self-affirm that, that, that thought loop and oh. say, okay, I wasn't hired because I had a zit on my, or because of, you know, my clothes are not, you know, nice. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's almost like your thoughts become reality because your actions reflect your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And then that compounds in reality, you know? Mm-hmm. Or not that there's totally legitimate, right. yeah, entirely. Or could you sort of work that backwards? This is the reality, okay. right? And the re- and the reality is, 
I'm a person of color. I'm black. I'm going for this job. I have to um, sort of work extra hard. I have to put my best foot forward. I have to over-prepare because I'm already coming into this opportunity, potential opportunity, with some sort of dashes or, 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 or marks, marks against me. That is the reality. Yeah. When we think about, um, let me back up too, because I wanted I wanted to uh, finish my thoughts in terms of, of privileges Sorry, too. I, I oh am no, just no all you know this is place. fine. No, I love these. But talks. I love talking with you, man. I love Seriously. talking with you too. You know that. Um, and so, when we think about um, uh, wealth, right, and we think about um, uh, power, and we think about um, access, right, um, again. The one of the most guaranteed ways for you to leave your family with an inheritance or to build wealth with your family is by having land. You think so? Yes. Yes. Or equity of any. This is I'm I'm creating equity here. Mm. Or if you how start, you, how um, you create equity? So equity is ownership of something that makes money for you while you sleep. That's like a that's. I don't know. I'm, I'm entirely working off. I really, really, really like Naval Ravikant. Seriously, anyone who's uh, listening, who who's hears this and like that's kind of quacky. Go listen to him. His appearance on Joe Rogan or Tim Ferriss or his own um, show. But so these podcasts, even this month, people downloaded your episode. Oh wow! Yeah, and so once this grows, and ten years from now, people can still download that episode that we had in June months ago, and I'll be making money from something that we did forever ago. That's equity. So yeah, it lands equity too, but there's other forms of equity. Oh, you, certainly, yes. certainly. And so land, go yes. back to land. So when the Europeans came to this nation, this country, this, this um, continent of North America, and they started to um, steal, kill, and rob folk who were um, shepherds of of these of, of these lands and take and steal um, property, if you will, and withhold property. Okay, and then amongst themselves, amongst other white Europeans, distribute property that they've stolen, and then go to different countries or different continents, like um, along, let's say, Africa, and um, take folk from Africa and force them to build the country. And build the they country built entirely. So we, for free. We, entirely. We touched on this last time. Uh-huh. You said reparations. Reparations. Reparations yeah. should be a thing. I found yeah. a really good middle ground because obviously people who the money is going to be taken from obviously is strongly against it. You know? And that's privilege. And that's privilege. But here's a middle ground that I think is the end goal of what people who, who are fighting for reparations. Totally reasonable thing. But I'm like, what would be a good middle ground? I'm trying to find middle ground for now. There should be no middle ground. Mm-hmm. There should wait. There should or there shouldn't be. There should not. Here, here, here's okay, an idea. Yeah, though. Here, yeah. There's a starting line now. Everyone, uh, education. So um, schools in California, their taxes go, but they go toward all the schools in the country have the same education system. And then when someone hits mm-hmm. 22, I'm going to say 22 because that's my age. They have 10 grand in the bank, no debt. Everyone, regardless of race, gender, everything. No, your parents could be dirt poor. You get this starting line. 10 grand in the bank, the same education as everyone else. Um, and no debt and you have rent and you're untaxed until you're 25. So you have three years to make it in the world. That's what we want. We all want to not be held back from something that's not our fault, you know? Mm. So even if your parents are Bill Gates, 
you start at that same starting line as someone who um, whose parents were, were maybe even homeless. Mm. There's a there's a, a candidate uh, that's that's one of the many. 12 or so uh, Democratic presidential candidates, and I forget his name. Andrew Yang? Yes, uh, that's exactly what you sound yeah. like. No, I don't like Andrew Yang. Really? I am, I, am, <laughs> I am moderately hardcore against universal basic income. Whereas I, like years ago, I was into him in like 2000, before the 2016 elections, I'm like, I like this guy. Um, since then, I've kind of learned that universal basic income is not a good thing. But universal basic needs met, it's not really a phrase yet, but you know, whatever that would be, the acronym, that's what we want. People don't know how to, people aren't educated on money. The people who would be getting that money and it would help them the most, they haven't been educated on how to most use money to turn it into more money in the future, you know? Mm -hmm. Like all that, you know, I don't, I don't know. So, so I, I, I guess, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're talking about, um, you know, a starting line, right? Yeah. But at what point are we going to acknowledge what happened? You know, like how we got, like how, how, how we arrived to this point? Yes, but how important how is, important how important that is that in the fact that okay, so I brought this up in a really messed up way in a previous interview. You know, the whole Jeffrey Epstein thing happened. Mm -mm. Some horrible people did horrible things, right? And then they'll keep killing the Jeffrey Epstein. He went to uh, he got murdered in jail because he had some pedophile ring with like the Clintons and all these very famous people. Oh yeah, yeah. So okay, 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 like, okay, this yeah, was yeah, the yeah. biggest. Okay, so anyway, you know so what's so much going on. Oh my god. Okay, is. I got you. So some horrible people are doing horrible things, but those people still have power. Mm -hmm. And so when they hear these phrases like "Oh, hey, we're gonna take your power," they have the ability to snuff that out. But if you're like, "Hey, we know there's a horrible past beyond this. We just want to move forward." We're not going to like, 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 you know, people shouldn't like, yeah, like people should be held accountable. But at what point is moving forward today worth um, being better than like keeping this going? Because everyone's just fighting, you know, it's like mm. they're just I, a pro I'm, I'm of the thing that we don't have free will. We're just a product of everything. Like if someone's, mm. um, uh, you know, if someone even like does something horrible, like a beats their, uh, you know, beats some like uh, abuses a family member, it's mm -hmm. more or less because they were probably abused like as a kid. Now, at what point is like even uh, Saddam Hussein's kid, is he responsible for his evil actions at 18? He was the son of, you know, mm -hmm. an evil person. Is, is mm -hmm. like at what point is being brainwashed for 18 years? Mm-hmm. Is someone responsible for their actions? They're just doing what they know. We're all just in perpetual cycles, you know? And it's perpetuating it. So the accountable piece, and I think where folks struggle at it, like we want aspirationally, we want to say, you know what, we're we're here now. Like that happened way back then. But until a group is held accountable for what happened all the way back then, like this is four hundred plus years of free labor. My ancestors built this country. Entirely. My ancestors worked for your ancestors, mm -hmm. right? Well, I don't know about that. I'm from and, Germany, I think. But huh? I think I'm from Germany. Okay. Um, and there is, um, even to this day, white folk are still benefiting. Yes. Okay, when you talk about advantages because of things that my ancestors have done over 400 some years ago, that the current white person mm -hmm. is still benefiting from what happened 400 years ago. Yes. Okay. But is is a Hispanic immigrant here who's first generation enjoying the? Are, do they get? Uh, are they benefiting too? Speak speaks. Say a little bit more about that. Um, if if are like everyone's benefiting from it, 
like, yeah, the past, like there were some horrible, horrible, horrible things that happened. Like, so what, what do you think would be uh, accountability? What would accountability look like? <sighs> um, that's a great question. Um, and I don't have uh, all of the answers, but what I will say right now about that is a really hell of a start. Mm, okay. And what would that start look like? I don't know. But there does need to be a start, some action. Yes. Um, some type of forward movement mm -hmm. with trying to um, reconcile what has happened in the past um, and what is still happening today. Uh, but if we don't acknowledge that and we just want to say, oh, well, that happened then and, and I'm not a, benefic a beneficiary of what's happening, what happened way back then and, and, and I'm not reaping any of the benefits, that's where we're losing the I'm sort of battle. I'm not saying I'm not. Oh, well, okay. I'm not, like, I'm totally benefiting, but I think everyone's benefiting. Everyone's benefiting from the buildings and the things that were built like, back Okay, then. there you go. Like, yeah. why, what, what is it about, why couldn't, or why is it that you cannot just say, I am benefiting? I am benefiting. Why? Okay, and then stop. And yes. then it's, and so is everyone else. Like, like, why is, like, like, why is it, I'm benefiting, but then so is everybody, like, what, what is it about, why do you find the need to say, well, I'm benefiting, but so are you, and so are you, and so are you? Like, what's... Because I think people should be allowed to throw around ideas. There's no, oh, you know? Certainly. So I'm just throwing around ideas. I'm like, well, yes, I am benefiting, but aren't you too? You could be like, no, but do you really think you're not benefiting? No. You don't? No. Okay, and explain it, because I'm curious. Um, I... Well, let me say this. I, I am benefiting... Um, because I get opportunities to talk to people like you all the time and to, you know, I've, 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 I've been actively seeking, um, uh, opportunities to, uh, broaden my, um, understanding and to become quote unquote educated, uh, because the way that capitalism works and the way that the world is set up, you have to achieve levels of, 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 um, sanctioned or uh, approved education, you know, through an educational system that even within that wasn't created for people who look like me. Uh, so that's another example of how we center whiteness. Like a beautiful thing is this is education that's free this for anyone. Is, uh, yes, this, this is, is insanely educating for people um, who previously had my like I'm changing my mind as I'm talking to you, by the way. Oh, that's great. what happens. I have these conversations and I meet you where I'm currently at and I hear convincing arguments. And then I changed my mind. You know? And I can do the same thing. And so I think these types of conversations are, are, are rich. And I think we need next to have level inter education next level. You know, we need to have we need to continue having conversations like these. Well, OK, so let me put it this way. A system that was built to help me, in your words, the mm -hmm. education system. Mm -hmm. I am now twenty five thousand dollars in debt for mm. a job that I can't get, even though I got it in the STEM field. Mm. That's not benefiting me. Mm. We're all in this together is my whole take on that. It's like I think the people in power, the wealthy people, and not e I'm not even against wealthy people, the people, whoever's perpetuating this system consciously or unconsciously wants us to be against each other. We're both down here, me slightly benefiting. I'm literally using my, my advantage to uplift everyone, um, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so what, what benefit does it do to press the importance of someone's slight advantage way down, you know? That's where I'm coming from. It's it's not it's not that, um, and I hope you don't think I'm trying to sort of suppress you or um, sort of you know defame your character, um, but it is the acknowledgement and it's the 
resting with that and sitting with that and really um, grappling with the fact that, okay, um, I have inherited privilege. If I do nothing else, I have inherited inherited privilege. Um, I think in terms of when you were starting up your podcast, I love the idea. You know, I love the fact that you were able to seek out someone who liked you enough to sponsor you and to kind of get you up and running. And oftentimes, more often than not, that type of support, folk of color, we don't we don't get that type of support. Right. We have to really uh, not only prove our worth, but we have to like really stress the importance and really prove our worth. Whereas someone um, like you may not have to work as hard, maybe. So it's an extra mountain. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to climb over that mountain of race. Mm-hmm. That's incredibly valid. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I guess I'm always just hung up on the word privilege because mm-hmm. I don't really know the definition of it. And it's been just same as alpha. It's mm-hmm. been something that I'm like so conditioned to have a strong opinion of it you know mm-hmm. like I, I almost want to look up the definition but sometimes when i google stuff it shuts off the audio and i'm not yeah. looked up to wi-fi right well you know privilege is 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 you know it's a piece of what you said earlier in my opinion it's the advantage um and in this context of you know race and privilege it's the acknowledgement of knowing that I have an advantage. Mm-hmm. I do. I, I, I'll i admit I have an advantage, but and privilege. privilege. I'll, I'll, next time we talk, I'll know the yeah. definition of privilege more. Right. Um, but even that, even even with that, when you say you know the definition, words are important, right? Words are incredibly important. Exactly. And you said Google. You want to put privilege into Google. Google's going to spit you out some Webster dictionary uh, 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 definition. And even that, 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 that def, quote unquote definition is and was created by a white person yeah you see which comes to a really interesting place i know a little while ago um weren't like black communities trying to get all the money um into like black banks and stuff to kind of like create their own things is that still Mm -hmm. going on and some and some um parts of the united states there are black banks um but due to gentrification um and due to um, the sort of dismantling of what they call um, really Harlem um, and black is in, in Harlem or actually in, um, in in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I invite you all to look it up. Whoever's listening to me today, um, look up the Black Wall Street. Mm. Um, and I don't want to go all into it, but just realize and know and also look up the Harlem Renaissance. There were periods in the United States history um, that African-American folk were thriving um and uh the powers to be white people they saw that we were thriving um and they began to do things to prohibit that absolutely mm-hmm. because again power and privilege we're white we're the best we need to stay on top we we run the country we run this uh economic uh uh, 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 uh enterprise in, in the united states and so we need to make sure to disrupt whatever type of mobility financial mobility economic uh, uh, mobility that this subset group of folk are trying to move forward mm-hmm. and that's what they did 
I guess here's where I'm meeting you when I'm when I'm saying all these kind of crazy things that I'm saying. But I'm just I'm just throwing around ideas, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like to think I'm giving you the floor to kind of like talk. Oh yeah, yeah. But um, so say you are in a place of power or mm-hmm. wealth or whatever you want to call it. You're the power that be. Mm. And I have a group of a hundred people who want to be more in a more in an opportunity like you. Would you be more receptive if me and my whole group said? hey, we want to screw you over and get where you are, or would you be more receptive to being like, hey, can we find a middle ground where we both, um, like, like we, we, I just want to move forward. We, we all agreed, like, yeah, you've, you've messed us over, but can we just move forward? Because mm. you, even if, like, even if I say, like, if I, like, stronghold my point, you could always just be like, well, you know what? At the end of the day, I have the power, and I don't like what you're saying, so no. Because I'm not the power that be, you know? I'm just thinking of, like, oh, my God. Like, the system right now is also really difficult for i mean i've been incredibly lucky for a couple different reasons um Hmm. but but i think that the way that the world's going to change is by as super weird as it sounds not holding people accountable because when people are said you're going to be held accountable they'll do anything they can to make sure that doesn't happen who wants to go to jail who wants to die who wants to Hmm. you know their kids to not be well off but if it's like Hey, could we just find a middle ground where we can all be happy and healthy and wealthy? That's my idea of what everyone kind of wants. That's a general rule. Mm-hmm. Um, In a perfect world, you know. Yes. That would be my hope too. Cool. Um, but we're not in a perfect we're world. We're not. Absolutely. So that's where the accountability and, and the acknowledgement comes. What do you think of the starting line idea, though? I like the. Uh, I like the concept in a perfect world. Yeah. But I think too, like I said earlier, there needs to be um, a period, a, a, a period, and I don't know the end period of reconciliation, like yeah. and acknowledgement. Um, that is so different from white guilt. I'm not. I don't know preaching. what white guilt is. White guilt is when white people become so um, sad. It's damn near pathetic. Like. Oh, you know, whoa, it's me. Or I can't believe my people did that to you. Mm. Like there's a point for you to reflect and, oh, this happened. Yes. Right. And then there's a point for you to, as a white person with privilege and access and access to say, okay, how can I be a stronger and better ally? How can I talk to other white folk about this, about what's going on? Right. And so without living in this like pitiful place, like, oh, whoa, it's me. Oh, my people are so bad. Mm. And. When we go and when we start the process of reconciliation and healing, it's not going to be all, you know, hunky go lucky and, and happy. Um, there will be a sad period, but there also needs to be a period of reckoning, realizing and doing some physically doing something so that the issues would not continue to be perpetuated. Yeah, I like it. And so. Are you running for office or anything at any point? I might. And what are you, what are you hoping to use your when you have power? Mm-hmm. What are you hoping to to do with it? So uh, if 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 I do run for office, um, and I and I share this with everyone, even within my uh, different roles and the hats that I wear, um, you know, both working on a college campus and my involvement within the city and state politics, is um, I'm all about equity. I'm all about equity. And break that down a little bit. Equity is, but in, in essence, is fairness, okay? Which is equality is, Tiger, you get two pieces of candy. Jason, you get two pieces of candy, okay? Equity is, let's say we have four pieces of candy, 
Okay. Jason hasn't had anything to eat in a month. Yeah. Tyler eats every 30, Tiger eats every 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. Right. The equitable thing to do would probably be to give more pieces of the candy to the person who is starving Mm -hmm. versus the person who has been eating. I, okay, so I, I get where you're coming from. These are these are pretty out there terms. I like bringing it to actionable terms. So let's, um, you've obviously seen the analogy. I've said this once on the show. Sorry for listeners for repeating myself. There's the uh, that picture where there's um, this is the a qual- this yeah. the, the people on the yeah on the the whatever boxes uh-huh. watching a baseball game. Defense, yeah, yeah. And so the quality is they all have one box. The shortest person can't see. The tallest person's too high. Yep. And then equity way uh-huh. better is everyone gets the box that fits their needs. Right. But then it's like, there's a third section that someone added on. It's like the real solution. Just mm. make a chain fence, completely reform the system. Exactly. That's what it really comes down to. Cause do you think equity comes from um, a quality of opportunity or a quality of outcome? Well, I think I would probably say outcome because if you, if there's no equity and equality around the outcome, how can you, ha- I mean, around, around the opportunity, okay. how would that equate to the outcome? Okay. So if there's an equality of outcome, say I, um, if we're given the same opportunity, it comes down to how hard we work, how, like if we have the exact same, um, family life, education and we everything, the same, same ethnic race, racial background, everything. Or, or, or what if, what if we're in a world where no one holds each other back? based off that people just genuinely don't care just like we the the world we thought of with uh, sexuality no one cares anymore like, that's if, our that's our aspirational world right yeah we're oh. talking about a, a fake world right oh, now thank you okay or a dream okay, world so a, a, a world that we could right. hopefully build a dream world okay. a dream world okay mm-hmm. um it'd be an equality of opportunities we both have the same opportunities which is possible to make it's like okay the starting line but an equality of outcome is um you know like you work your ass off mm-hmm. grinding every fucking day mm-hmm. and you, you overcame the, your race and all these different mountains that you've had. And I didn't, I was just like, I'll be lazy, but uh, Oh, universal basic income comes, which is a quality of outcome. And now we take your money and give it to me, even though I didn't work. Is that, is that, you know, cause then that only is enforced kind of by a threat of violence. How else are you going to tell people you worked your ass off but now you need to give your money to me who I didn't work my ass off, even though I had less mountains to overcome, mm. you know, and I could, be, I could be wrong on this. This is just some things that I've kind of like seen both sides. I've started watching right and left wing news mm. and trying to like, see, they are so different worlds. People are in two different worlds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've, I've always watched right wing, left wing, um, news and politics. I, I don't some, conform to the, either one of them. I think they're nice. both assholes all of them are bigots nice. i don't trust any of them I, well okay so here's the thing you say the word bigot what do you think the word bigot means um jerks see again words are powerful um mm-hmm. someone actually recently called me a bigot lighthearted i've had on the show twice i like the guy but he said tiger you're bigoted because i said i don't be- i don't <laughs> i wouldn't go to um an obese person with a pot belly as a nutritionist because um, it goes back to the Kanye quote, my favorite person. He says, I don't take advice from anyone less successful than me. And he said, Tiger, that's bigoted. I'm like, well, what's bigoted mean? Because I didn't, it's another like privilege. I didn't know the definition of the word. He said it was um, intolerant or no, he said it was, um, you, you have a, a bias against another person. And I'm like, am I biased against fat people? I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'll, I'll get back to you. I went back and I looked up what, uh, what's that word I was just saying? Prejudice? No, uh, uh, pre- uh, bigoted. What bigoted, 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 uh-huh. what bigoted means. And it actually means intolerant of the views of others. Mm. And I think left-wing and right-wing people are pretty equally bigoted. 
they the don't jerks. let you have your views. Mm-mm. My favorite people are the people who I'm talking to and they will try to persuade my views. But well, if they're not as persuasive and, you know, like that's what it comes down to. Jerks. That's what I mean. Again, jerks, I, I, call, yeah. I, call, yep. <laughs> I call them jerks. Um, I have to run in a minute, but let me ask you this. Uh, do uh, police officers make you afraid? Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. And I, 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 I did a show with a police officer and he said some things that I maybe didn't agree with, but I feel like I couldn't really push it. And, mm. it, and it was to the point where... Um, and why is that? Because if a bad person attacks you, you can defend yourself. If a police officer who, I think the, the police officers are good people, I'm by no means, but say there's one bad egg who does something bad to you, you can't do anything about it or else it gets much worse for you. That mm. scares me. The idea of- That's privilege. But there's, what if it's a black op- What if it's a black police officer? I'm, I'm, I'm not talking- You're not talking again, about race I, Yeah, yeah. I just That's said privilege. police officer. I didn't say, I never said, are you afraid of black That's cop? Privilege. Privileged, black privileged cop? is, you can't, you can't be questioned or, all right. And that's power. Yeah. You know, like you, I don't give a damn if the cop is black or not. My life, I, I'm, I'm like you, I am totally afraid. Absolutely. Because I know at the end of the day, um, it's going to be their word against mine. So power is privilege. Privilege oh, is power. Oh, is that what yes. you're saying, more or less? Thank okay. You. you got it. That's exactly what I'm Okay. I like it. Um, yeah, seriously, thank you for your time. We just did an hour. Thank you. Um, yeah. I'd I'm love to have you the run. Yeah, yeah. back on in another couple months, man. I appreciate your time. Anytime. Thank Good you to see you.